is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. And we're back. Another episode of the London is Blue podcast. I'm here, joined by Jesse, uh, and I'll intro our guest in, in a very, in a quick second. But you know, we're here. Episode hundred and what sixty eight for the season. Com- you know, combined all the men's content, the academy content. So it's quite a lot of number of episodes that you know that that you know the whole group's been able to 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 come out with and over this time we've had numerous number of guests you know obviously me and jesse are staples of this of this wonderful show but today we have another guest another new debutante in the in in the team you know someone we haven't had before you know probably we kind of wanted to get her on for a while but you know we finally managed to make it happen we have you know an award-winning Person here, personality. I mean, can how many times can we say that? We've got award-winning personalities on the show. Um, we have Radha Gupta, the, the the creator, the founder, the brains behind She Talks Balls. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to have my debut on this podcast. You're here for one reason, one reason only. We're going to break down the FA Cup semifinal win against Arsenal yesterday. By no means a classic, but it just means that we're in yet another final you know it was a great weekend both the men's team and the women's team get to the FA Cup final I mean what what else could you ask for um so we're going to cover a couple of couple of things I think we're going to start about we're going to talk about the slow start post-international break I think everybody was feeling it so you know, we could see that um you know we showed our quality through Guru and G so I think we're going to highlight and touch on that and kind of talk about you know their impact on the overall game and you know a, a, a thing that we've been talking about kind of thematically throughout the season is the defensive solidity, how the team has kind of come together in 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 the midst of injury and how this almost like a new knit, new form backline has kind of emerged from from within. But before we do that, we gotta go into the three-word match review. Um and before we get into ours, I'll just read out a couple of the ones that people had to say, a couple of good ones. We are inevitable from Tosser of Coin. Um but Benimalo, Benimalo, if I can call that, to, uh, you know, second half performances or Tuchel and Emma handshake emoji thing. Um, that's another, another good one. And Julian G with sec, super second half. And the last one from Preston Adams, Burger Be Chillin'. I kind of like that one. That was, that was pretty... I love that one. I had a bet. Um, I watched this game with a friend of Abdul and I's other podcast, Alex Ibiseta, and we had a bet going on when... AKB would go down with her patented injury. injury yeah. But honestly, Arsenal were like so ineffective. It never happened. So Burger really do be chilling. That's very true. You know the game is is chill when Burger doesn't go down with an injury. But you know what? We're going to go into our three-word match review. Jesse, I'm going to start with you. Keeping it simple. Um, it's the name of the podcast. There's a reason why it's the name of the podcast. London is blue, baby. Amazing! Can't go wrong with that. Rather, what's your what's yours? I actually didn't uh, didn't know the comments that had come through. Mine was very similar to the third one that we just discussed. I texted a friend right after the game and I said, "Burger napped well." <laughs> I think that's mine. Brilliant! That, that, is, well. that is amazing. I love that. Um, I, I'm gonna go super girl writing just because girl writing is inevitable. Like you could even go with that when girl writing. You know, writing is inevitable. Like just like this season just has been amazing for. For the winger, so I'll keep it at that. So, obviously, played Arsenal Sunday, the seventeenth of April, in the FA Cup uh, at Meadow Park. 
Arsenal nil, Chelsea two. The important, the important note over there: goals from Guru Wrighton and Ji So Yun in the fiftieth and sixty-first minute. Um, Jesse, you want to quickly run through the lineup very quickly and kind of explain who was playing where? Yeah, the, when the lineup came out, I was a bit nervous. I did; it didn't give me good feelings, mainly because I couldn't really figure out how we were necessarily going to set up. Um, but we started with AKB and goal coming back into the team after, you know, quite a few matches out, um, as we've kind of touched on. Didn't really have to do much, so that was fine for her. And then we played a back three of Jess Carter, Anique Nowen, Millie Bright, left to right. Guru Wrighton as our left wing back, Neve Charles our right wing back. It was kind of a, it was like Sophie Ingle as like a holding midfielder and then Erin and Ji So Yun kind of sat ahead of her and then Beth England, Sam Kerr up front. Um, yeah, no Magda Eriksson because she was, she'd picked up an illness. Uh, and then only, we only made two subs in the game as well. So Jesse Fleming and, and Penelope Harder kind of came on just to to spice things up towards towards the end, but didn't really have to do anything. <laughs> Interesting. It's kind of surprising that only two of them came on considering... Mielda could have gotten some minutes. Drew Spence could have gotten some minutes. Well, Drew Spence could have come on. I mean, that's probably the other one. But anyway, we'll quickly just go into the stats. I mean, this kind of tells a tale of kind of what happened. I mean, Chelsea had 13 shots against Arsenal's five. And, you know, more importantly, Arsenal had zero shots on target and Chelsea had seven. So there is some clinical finishing there from, from Chelsea and some, uh, some you know, some things over there. Um, in... Uh, you know, possession-wise, Chelsea had 52% uh, versus Arsenal's 48. Um, passes 394 versus 372. 75% pass accuracy versus 70. 10 to 8 fouls, a yellow card each. And uh, one offside to five for Chelsea and uh, five corners to three. Um, expected goals, Chelsea had 1.47 versus Arsenal's 0.51, which I obviously I think reflects kind of the game and and Chelsea kind of out, outperformed their XG, which I think is good. They had quite a few few chances there and and kind of restricted Arsenal to to what it uh, what had happened. A um, couple of couple of quick tweets that we had out here, which was which was pretty interesting. Obviously, Chelsea have now scored a hundred goals for the season, um, which is interesting. And this is the fourth season in which Chelsea have had both the men's and women's teams in the FA Cup final. Um, in 2011-12, the men won it. In 2017-18, both won it. In 2020-2021, the women won it. What is going to be going to happen now? Are we, we're expecting a both, right? I mean, men, both, women should be both now. So, And it's back-to-back days for the first, for the first time, so... It's going to be a big weekend. Yeah, huge weekend. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited, you know. Eight, you know, and another one from Rich Laverty was eight years before a Man City versus Chelsea final and two come along in two months. So that's uh that's 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 pretty crazy. Jesse, what's your stat of the week? Yeah, so um I Tim Stillman handily just tweeted this one out for me, but I saw it and it was so perfect. Um, I think this is the definition of tweeting your losses uh, from Tim here. But Arsenal haven't beaten Chelsea at Meadow Park since July 2014. So we love going to Meadow Park. We'll take that. And I also just wanted to throw in that we've had 10 different goal scorers in our past four games. So, That's the definition of uh, sharing the burden uh, across the team in terms <laughs> of the goal scoring. But before we get into the meat of the podcast, we're going to take a quick ad break and we'll be right back. All right. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because, well... 
it's hard to get a lot of micronutrients in. You know, we're all focused on our macros with protein, carbs, and, and fat. And now we got to add the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables. It's just hard to eat that many servings a day. So uh, I started doing it just to make my life a lot more efficient. I'm getting better gut health and a more uh, durable, resistant immune system. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. Again, I do it. It's easy. It's fast. It's quick. Uh, I throw up my shaker usually on my way home from work, drink it. It, it goes down quickly. Uh, and like I said, you get six servings of vegetables a day very easily. Uh, but hey, don't listen to me. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and is trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for your gut health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to say, give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And we're back. So we're obviously covering the team every week. Um, you know, we'll have, you know, a couple of, hopefully we'll have some announcements soon. Who knows whether we do, whether we don't, you know, it's the end of the season. Maybe we have something coming up. Um, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Come, you know, obviously we can, you can, you know, if you, if you like the show, you like the content that we're putting out, you want to see anything different, um, anything that you like, you know, shout it out on, on, on Apple Podcasts, even Spotify now, I, I believe we can, we can get it done and, uh, join us on Patreon. Great community of people. Um, like we've been saying in 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 the previous episodes, Jesse's doing some great work there, and uh, you know, especially on the women's side. So I think it's 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 worth uh, having a look and, and trying it out. But anyway, um, let's go into topic number one. Slow start post international break is what we've got here, and I think it's fair to say that both teams looked a little bit sluggish coming out of this uh, this yet another international break. I almost felt like this one and the last one were so so close together, like just came off it and then we're back into it and now we're back off it so um there is that but it's 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 kind of annoying and frustrating that we're playing important games like this right after the international break i think not even just in terms of um in terms of the quality of the game is it themselves and trying to make it a spectacle but also because players are so tired um they come off a little bit of jet lag you know their touches a little bit off and you know and, and things like that and, and it kind of showed you know a lot of poor touches early on Arsenal on top for the first twenty minutes or so, and I think that was that was a, a storm that we had to, to to ride. And I feel like that is something that we you know we've talked about a lot. You know, capitalizing on the opposition's um, kind of their their strengths and their their dominance in the first you know 15, 20, 25 minutes. And I think Chelsea were able to do that. Um, and then there was a couple of uh, individual good performances. But Jesse, what's your take on on the whole thing? Yeah, I just think it's it's an annoyance. You know, I think. I just knew going into this game that this, the game was going to start the way it did. And I think it was kind of fortunate that the game didn't turn on anything that actually happened early because I think both teams were looking pretty sluggish. But 
It's just, I don't know whether they put it here because they wanted it to be on the same weekend as the men's games, which was kind of fun. But I just think, I know you have to play a game after an international break, but really, like, this is, like, one of the biggest games of the season. Arsenal versus Chelsea has been, like, I think all four of the matches have been really exciting in their own way. Obviously, there's this kind of fantastic sprint to the finish in the league that's going on, and it just felt like a shame that we didn't get to see these two teams really at their best at all like like you said at the beginning Abdullah, I don't think this game is one that will necessarily live long in the memory and I just think scheduling wise it feels like something a bit more sensible could have been done to kind of maximize the quality given how many eyes were on it yeah no I I, I definitely agree and and it's 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 an interesting one. Maybe, maybe that's something they can look into into next year. But yeah, it's 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 always been a theme, and I think it almost puts one. You know, the losing team almost goes into a disadvantage after it's done, just because of the way the importance of the game and and kind of where where it comes from. But you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, I mean. Neve Charles got a lot of joy down the 1v1s on, on that right-hand side. And obviously she's growing into that role back again, you know, after, you know, sitting out the beginning half of the season. Um, and I think Chelsea as a whole gradually grew into that game as the half went on. And um, it, it was it was, it was was good to see the team come back into it and dominate Arsenal again, uh, you know, as they have been a, a big team coming back off again. While it is, while we, you know, we've just talked about the way they started off the game, but to come back after an international break in the second half, you know, to, to dominate that way, I think was good. And, you know, there were some weird goal kicks from Arsenal, which I don't think anybody understood. Rather, what, what do you have to say about, you know, all of that? I mean, I think they seem to forget how to play out from the back or even just pass the defenders. I also think that's um, a little bit to do with our wing-backs really flustering their defenders. As you mentioned, Neve Charles gave Steph Catley a really hard time. I personally enjoyed that a lot. But, you know, coming back to the fact that they have to travel, I get tired flying from Bombay to Delhi and for Samkar to go to Australia, come back, play matches there, play matches here. It's absolutely intense and insane the way these athletes have to function um, on a very, very tight schedule. And it's almost, you know, two sides of a coin where last year we had maybe eight months of, you know, the final was supposed to happen at one point and happen eight months later. And now they're saying, okay, we'll put it on time here. Just come back and start playing immediately. So there's, there needs to be some middle ground. I think that's, um, we need to find that. You can't just get people back from international break and throw them into this high-intensity fixture, especially with uh, two teams that have such high-profile players. It would be awesome to have a high-profile game, as Jesse mentioned earlier. But look, I think Arsenal was super flustered. I also felt uh, like maybe Jonas Aydoval was a little bit silent from, from all the footage that I saw on the FA player, which, you know, I'm not complaining. Maybe he was just stumped, didn't know what to do. But um, it was very, very enjoyable to see Chelsea grow into the game because we did struggle in the first 20 minutes. I was, in fact, watching the game on mute in my room because my roommate had a call and I was just gasping to myself every time we, we let the ball go or someone came close to taking a shot. But then, you know, growing into the game is just a sign that you're a resilient team and that you are aware of what you did before and you're aware of how you can make it better. And you do make it better. And that's always lovely to see. Yeah, no, um, that's, I mean, well said. I, I couldn't, I couldn't put that, uh, I couldn't put that better. But Jesse, what was your takes on the goal kicks? I'm, I'm intrigued to see what you, what you thought of them. Goal kicks were so mad. I was, I was like, did their set piece coach just get like really bored over the international break and be like, we want to come up. For anyone who didn't watch, there was just like this 
weird variety of goal kicks whereby there was a couple where Zinsberger would set it for Lotta Wubamoy and then she would just kind of kick it not as far as Zinsberger could probably kick it. And then sometimes Leah Williamson tried that and she wasn't much better. And the best one was when they just gave it to Leah Williamson and just like started her running. And like she just started running like it was like she was playing like American football or rugby or something. But then she like basically got like halfway out the penalty area and was just tackled. It was so strange. And you could just tell that like the more it went on, the more it was like freaking Arsenal out. And then I kind of thought at half time, like surely part of the team talk will be like, let's stop doing this. Nope. Came out, did it again. Lost some of my just spanking the ball to a Chelsea player on the wing. I was like, what is wrong? Like, yeah. If I was an Arsenal fan, it would have driven me up the wall. So I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, Radha, I think you're right in terms of, I think, obviously, that FA Cup final where we just kind of pressed them to death um, was weighing, I think, on Idaville's mind. But I just don't really understand. You know, we really struggled to play out, out from the back. I think the three defenders we were playing, I think none of them are particularly ball-playing defenders, especially, you know, say if you've got, like, Anik kind of in the middle. Like, I think she's obviously a lot better on the right when she gets on the right foot. But we were just willing to to play the ball long a lot. And I think, again, that's maybe why you saw Anne Katrenberger back in goal, because we've touched on maybe Satira Musevich is a bit better on her feet, but it was like Emma had just decided, like, this wasn't going to matter. We were going to punt it long and get Kerr in England to hold it up, and it worked. It was just a bit bizarre that Arsenal felt they needed their central defenders to do that rather than Manu Zinsberger, who I think is... I Has anyone else thought Manu Zinsberger is bad, like, at doing goal kicks? I don't get it. It's the kind of thing you do if, like, your leg hurts. Maybe her leg did hurt. I don't know. Then, I don't know, then maybe bring Lydia Williams on? I don't know. That's 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 an option. Um, but yeah, anyway, it is what it is. Arsenal being weird. I mean, actually, rather, Jonas being weird a little bit. Um, in that sense. But you know what? He probably has his reasons, so I'm not going to argue. Well, he also did... The other weird Jonas thing he did as well was that he warmed up with Lossa Wubamoy well, at right, right back, back with Steph Catley <laughs> at centre-back as a trick. And then in his post-match, he was like, oh yeah, I think it really flustered Chelsea. And I was like, I don't think anyone... Can- I think if anything, Chelsea were like, mm, Lossa Wubamoy's at centre-back. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> like... I don't think it flustered anyone. So, uh, I'm sorry, Jonas. The scare tactics did not work. But you know what? You know what? It is what it is. Um, you know, speaking at full time, Hayes, Hayes said, look, it took us a real long time to get going. But once we did, we made it difficult to us, you know, for Austin to settle on the ball in, in the areas they want to. And a kind of a quick question before we end this out for both of you. And, and, and rather, I'll just start with you quickly first. Does, do we think now after the, the way the season started, does Emma have Jonas in her back pocket in terms of the way he's going to play and kind of like whatever he tries now, she, you know, he's just not going to be able to get a convincing win over Chelsea? Um, I think I think maybe he's going to second guess every strategy plan that comes out versus Chelsea. Um, clearly, you know, at the start of the season, we had that 3-2 defeat to Arsenal and um, Emma was trying something with three at the back and she stuck to that. And she has now taken it to Arsenal saying that we are sticking to this and now we've beaten you two out of three times. So it's on you to innovate. It's on you to figure something out. And everything he's going to try, he's going to second guess. He's going to ask his staff. He's going to ask his players, does this work? Does that work? Which I guess Emma Hayes would just say, this is what we're doing. Let's go out and do it. So it's, it's a good place to be at this crunch moment of the season. And maybe him second guessing things will also result in a few slip ups versus other teams. Who knows? And, you know, that works for us. Jesse. Yeah, I wouldn't say Emma has him 
in her back pocket. I think there are... I think this performance was a lot more about Arsenal and Arsenal's own individual errors than it was about, say, Chelsea enacting some grand tactical plan. You know, I think the FA Cup final was a lot better example of how Chelsea could tactically beat Arsenal. But I think here today, yesterday even, it was a lot more about making the most of Arsenal's individual errors. And I was worried in the first half that we hadn't done that enough. There, you know, there are a number of opportunities in kind of those five minutes before half time where I was thinking, oh, fuck, like, are we going to go in at half time? And like, they were the moments, like, it would have been a really good opportunity to score. But fortunately, they just kind of carried on making those errors. And, you know, when we're, it's, it's true for Arsenal as well. Like, they've got players of, of the quality who could punish us. You know, Midemar shot over the bar, like, from an almost exactly identical position to Guru Wrighton in the first half. And that could easily have gone in because that's the kind of quality of player she has. So I think. This game was a lot more, and I think this is partly because of the international break, it relied a lot more on individual quality and ultimately Chelsea's just kind of won out today because of the opportunities Arsenal gave them. No, that's fair. I, I I I kind of agree. I think um, it, it's just more, yeah, it's just, it, I think this game, like we said, it wasn't, it wasn't the best. It was, you know, Chelsea were able to execute the game plan just better than, than Arsenal and take advantage in certain areas. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see if, if this continues on into, into next season, then I really think that, that, you know, Chelsea would have gotten to Arsenal's head and, and, and from there, you know, who, who knows what happens. Um, so let's move on. Um, let's get into some individual performances. Guru Wrighton and Jisoo Yoon. I mean, what a duo. I mean, absolute quality. Both of their strikes were, um, were absolutely top drawer, absolutely fantastic. And, I, you know, it came from a moment of pressure, moments of um, almost, a, I don't know, Arsenal kind of lost lost their mind. I loved your tweet, Jesse. Just Arsenal defenders passing like the Red Sea. I, I love that. That was probably my Easter my, theme, baby. <laughs> <laughs> probably my, my 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 tweet of the day. It was it was it was a. I I remember I was scrolling through Twitter and I was telling you before I was um, I was looking through and I went. And I just saw, I burst out laughing. People were running, like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, sorry, I, you won't understand the context, but that's just hilarious. Um, you know, uh, uh, rather you'd retweeted this one where it says, from went to Mo Kings Meadow, when you can't believe someone's left foot is that good, so you have to inspect their boots. I mean, just, just the, the, the quality of, of Guru Wrighton and, and, and the way she's played is, is unbelievable. You need to explain the photo of Deloitte. Right. Because it's a podcast. No, yeah, it's a good point. Sorry, I forgot that we're on video, but people are listening to us. So yeah. you get a picture here of Guru Wrighton with her with 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 a with a boot in her hand, and it's Leah Williamson kind of looking at it and inspecting it like what what is this magical item that you Very hold in good. your hand and it's like writings there like listen let me explain i'm the master i am the subject matter expert here i can explain this to you really it does look like that picture you know i think we might have to retweet this ourselves um just so everybody understands the thing but, it, but it's a brilliant photo um you know uh, another shout out to harry edwards with this tweet um you know chelsea women have had 10 goals from outside the box this season who tops that list the one and only guru writing with three Aaron Cuthbert is in, uh, you know, has two. And um, Sam Kerr, Melanie Leupold, Fran Kirby, Neve Charles and Bethany England all have one each. So there is, you know, there is a thing for Chelsea to be scoring outside the box. And I think it goes to show that it's not all about the intricate play into the box and scoring. It is, all right, we need to go from outside. We need a wonder moment. Let's just, you know, the quality of the players are there. And um, 
uh, and uh, you know Guru Wrighton ha- uh, Guru Wrighton has uh, Guru Wrighton has now scored four goals in her last five games: one against Everton, two against Leicester, one against Arsenal. I mean, finish is just unbelievable. What do you both have to say, Jesse, with with Wrighton's uh, performance yesterday? Yeah, I thought she, for me she was really one of the standout performers. I think even in the first half, I felt like I thought it was a bit bizarre that. Um, Jonas played Katie McKay, but right back, I thought it was like a real kind of waste of her talents. And I also thought Noel Maritz would have been much better placed as a kind of defensive minded player to kind of go up against Guru. Because actually, even in the first half, when we weren't looking great, she was the one player who it felt like was getting a lot of joy, a lot of space, really, you know, out wide and kind of getting past Katie McKay every time. So I was really impressed with her early on. And then yeah, I think, you know, the Arsenal defenders parking like the Red Sea, it's a bit of a joke. But I think also it's the nature of how Wrighton moves her body as she's coming through with the ball. Like, it is a, a defensive error from Arsenal to give her that much space. But you can see her kind of, like, turn. And that's why they shift, because they think she's going to play the ball out to the left. And it's like a really subtle movement, but that's when she turns and then shoots. And I was sat, like like directly in angle with that ball and it was just it was one of those where as soon as it left her boot you knew it was going in it was like a fantastic strike a fantastic goal she is so adorable I can't even deal with it um I just love when she scores because she's so cute um but yeah it was a great goal and I think, you know, like I said earlier, it was the kind of thing that this game needed, like a, a moment of individual quality to kind of open it up and, you know, Guru Wrighton has been a player who just so consistently provides that for us this season and, you know, yeah, she's been fantastic all season and it's kind of great to see her get these, like, crowning moments from from games like to, today. Yeah, I'm vindicated with my selection of the Guru Wrighton shirt at the beginning of the season, so yeah. I am definitely vindicated with that. Rather, what did you think of Guru Wrighton's performance yesterday? You know, um, I'm a big trekking fan and um, I've been telling my friends for a long time that I want to get the, the Guru Wrighton mountain tattoo that she has on her arm. I've always I wanted want it that. I want too! But yesterday, I told my friend, I want a Guru Wrighton tattoo. I don't <laughs> want her, her mountain tattoo. I want her face. Because on your back. Full size. On my back. Yeah, <laughs> full, full size. She was incredible. And and the fact, I mean, Jesse, exactly what you were saying is what I wanted to mention. The little you on off. They, I mean, they didn't go sliding into different corners. It felt like that. You know, in, in Indian weddings, you have this big buffet and everyone stands and watches everything that comes out. It was literally the Arsenal defenders watching what's on exhibition. <laughs> Guru Wrighton, you know, just one person, but she had everything. She had everything you want. Um, and she just came. She took her time. She had space after space. She could have shot 10 feet behind, but she kept coming in front, kept coming in front. Did a little shimmy, got that goal. Good celebration with the bench and with Emma. It was lovely to see. And I think Guru was one of the players who, when first signed, was underutilized. We were like, where's she going to fit in? How is it going to work? And then Erin and Guru were the two wing backs. And then you have both of them playing on the same side this match. I really like that, just to the extent that Erin started drawing players out and giving magical Guru so much space. And, you know, she did what she did. It was lovely. I will take a full-size Guru tattoo on my back any day. Next, next time you come on the podcast, we're going to need an update on, on what happens there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we need to now talk about the other goal scorer in Ji So Yun. Just, again, amazing quality. And I think another player that I think at the beginning of the season, 
Some people questioned, some people weren't sure. Um, but you know what? She she's just been this 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 magical force in, in the middle of the pitch and, and someone who's just kind of given Chelsea this dynamism and, and, and a little bit of spark of creativity when it was really, really required. Um I know a lot of Ngubin Moy takes the ball off Sam Kerr, but her clearance gets a deflection and just lands at Ji Soyun's feet. But there's still a lot of work to do from there. Skip past the player, shimmy it onto the right foot, and then you know that 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 shot into the into the top right was was amazing. I mean, you know, kind of what you've written here, Jesse. That the it was super satisfying the way it bounced off the crossbar and into the corner of the net. I mean, and then yeah, just that 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 shimmy past Leah Volti was just wow. That was just unbelievable. But yeah, what did you think of of Ji Soyun? Yeah, I thought I loved this goal. Um, I actually thought she was having a, a bit of a... GCN always does this to me. I'm always like, oh, GCN's having a bit of a mare. And then it's like, even if I haven't said it, even if I just thought it, it's like she's heard. And then she does something like pretty exceptional. Um, but I wasn't like totally enamoured by this midfield, especially early on. It felt like Aaron was being asked to do like lots of the high press. And then that meant G was like further back and it just felt quite easy to overrun them once you got past Erin to overrun G, um, Sophie Ingle. The other thing I said is like whenever G has like kind of normal coloured hair, I always feel like she's not as saucy, but then she did this as well. So I was like, I was calling it the expected G. <laughs> with that one um but she 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 came up with the goods it was a it was a really good goal and I guess again that's the advantage of that's why you want her in the team right because you know if that kind of opportunity falls to her she's going to make the most of it yeah the way it came down off the crossbar was was amazing and yeah it you know she's not been big on the goals this season I think this might have only been her second one um but it's yeah she's a quality player obviously but personally I will also say I'm not in love with the G Erin Sophie midfield even though she scored that's what I'll say that's fair that's fair um but you know both of the goals came from the tenacity and aggressiveness of Sam Kerr and Bethany England I feel like there's that that partnership is being rekindled and there's a huge impact even if neither of them scored so rather what did you think of their impact on the team and kind of how it you know coordinated with the midfield you know even based on what Jesse said yeah I think uh, we saw a lot of movement off the ball by those two and many times they've been on the score sheet and we've we've obviously loved them for that. But today they put in like, you know, the dirty yards in. They kept pressing, kept pressing. Beth England in the second half had a few chances here and there. And I think that's, this is where you say that this is a team because you have forwards who are legendary goal scorers doing the dirty work and having your midfielders who are, you know, almost equal in quality in terms of scoring that well, putting the goals in. And I think... Um, Maybe, you know, it's just very, very easy looking at it. It seems like, oh, yeah, every forward can do this. But that really isn't the case. And I feel like, you know, on the other end, Arsenal's forwards, in the first 20 minutes, they were linking up well. And then suddenly they were in, you know, Jess's back pocket and Jess is still running around with both of them there. It was it was quite cool to see. So I think, um, you know, they, they put in a good shift. And um, I, think, I think I read a tweet uh, that said, you know, Bethany England sort of, tapping the badge even when she didn't score literally shows that that goal was work putting in by Sam by Beth and the rest of the team from the back yeah no there is there is that and I think um it's it's a great time for for Beth England to be coming into form even if she isn't scoring because now the performances are are warranting a starting place in the team even if she isn't scoring so I think it's a, it's a good it's a good time for everybody to come into form 
uh, as we head to the end of the season, especially when, you know, Pernilla Hart is on the bench and that, that, you know, she's still yet to really come back into full flow and really settle into this team again, um, you know, since, since the injury. But um, yeah, no, I, I just, you know, overall, I, I, I echo you know, your sentiments and, and I think the, uh, you know, it's, it's a good time for this team to kind of get into flow. But you know what? We still have to talk about the players at the back, the ones who kept us the clean sheet, the ones who have um, yet again, uh, you know, kept our Arsenal. And I think, you know, the the back three, I think, was a little bit of a surprise for everybody. Jess Carter, Anik Nauer, and Millie Bright kind of making up that back three. Uh, Magda was obviously out with some sort of illness. We're not sure what it is, but that's kind of what, you know, everyone was told. Um, and, you know, we referenced it before. It was a nervy start to the game, but I think everybody grew into it. Um, and I feel like this, I think, you know, if, if we've got to talk about the most improved player of the season, I think Jess Carter's got to be up there. I think there were so many doubts around her performances. Is she, does she belong to this team? Where does she play? She should be the first one dropped. What's going on? And now you're like, do you even drop Jess Carter from this team? I mean, especially with, given how she, good she is in one, 1v1 situations and kind of in a back three, you kind of need someone who's really, really good at that. And especially when she has to cover around her and... Um, and I really feel like that's now kind of aided in kind of come, you know, uh, aided in keeping these clean sheets because, you know, Jesse, you've mentioned this, you know, podcasts ago that if you give Jess Carter a single task to do, like 1v1 defending, she will just put her mind to that and make sure it happens no matter what happens, right? And I feel like she's grown from the end of last season, especially that Champions League final and, and whatnot and 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 the campaign at the beginning of the season to, to kind of grow into this really, I think, mature defender uh, this year. So, yeah, what were your thoughts on, on, on the team's overall kind of defensive performances and, and maybe even Jess Carter as an individual? Yeah, Gold did an interview with Jess Carter before this game and I'd really recommend going to read it. She was, really, she was very open, I thought, um, about kind of leaving Birmingham and feeling like she'd kind of become complacent there because she was always going to get in the team and then maybe taking a while to adjust to that not being the reality at Chelsea and, you know, having to have conversations with Hayes about why she wasn't getting in and, and what she needed to do. And I think, you know, you have kind of seen that that massive improvement, I think, especially 1v1. I will say I find her and Eve Charles, like, kind of funny. I kind of wish I could combine them because... Jess Carter's first touch is still something that makes me do a little like nervous sick in my mouth but she's great at 1v1 defending and then Neve Charles is kind of like the opposite way around like she's got a really good touch she's really good going forward but like she's not the best defensively and I'm just like ah you could become one super defender uh but I think something that really struck me thinking kind of about the defense as a whole is that it felt like it our defenders had a very clear idea of what they had to do and they were very comfortable around doing it. And I think, you know, we've always talked about Hayes as she's like a very pragmatic coach, I think, rather than being like a big idealistic coach of someone who's like, I'm going to play a certain way no, no matter who I, I'm playing against. And I felt like all three of the defenders were just told like, you know, hoof it when you need to hoof it. Like Millie Bright at one point, like, boots the ball out of the ground and like Arsenal fans like kind of cheered ironically it was like genuinely like the loudest they were and I was like that is my <laughs> centre back like that is all I want to see Millie Bright do like for the ball to come to her to boot out of the ground like I don't need her to do anything else whereas Arsenal it felt like they were making errors when you had players like Wobben Moy who I think would kind of fit quite well actually in a, in a Chelsea back three like given her type I think she's quite similar to those those three defenders we've got they weren't doing things they were comfortable with and 
then that's when the errors started opening up because they were kind of being expected to to kind of play and do something clever in the penalty area. Like there was a moment where um, Lotte Moy does like a Cruyff turn, but she like does it in the wrong direction. So she like loses the like control of the ball, like having done it. And you're just like, you just don't, like you shouldn't be needing to do that. And like, I think partly it's a team thing as well, you know, to have England and Kerr be able to do the the dirty work, like, to or and just like hold the ball up like both of them are such like beasts when the ball gets like kicked like quite hard and fast into them that means our defenders are free to hoof the ball up the pitch and like that's not a problem and like Anik Nauen did that loads like Anand Katrenberger did that loads so it's not always pretty but I think it works really well and I think it's a great advert for for saying like look if Magda Eriksson isn't out okay maybe we're not going to have that kind of ball correct progression from our defense but that doesn't ha- that doesn't have to matter we're going to plan for that and we're just going to do something totally different and I think again that that kind of pragmatism maybe like was the difference maker between these two sides. Which which is fair. So rather I want to ask you, so kind of touching on the pragmatism point that, that Jesse just brought up and considering the the stable of defenders that we have, do you think that there is probably a second choice of three where um, a second choice of three where we can probably then, you know, bring in the same sorts of play, you know, especially in games like this where you don't need to play out the back. You just need to be, pragmatic you just need to get the ball from a to b that nothing has to be um very intricate but do you think we have another set of maybe even if it's just two defenders out of the three out of the five that we have extra that we have that we can slot in and say all right can you play the same way or does it have to be a certain sort of way yeah i think that's an interesting question um and i also i really believe in um playing to your players strengths and not to one philosophy that's sort of stuck in place and it really worked this time. I think um, if, if Magda Eriksson comes in, she's really good on the ball. She's really good on putting the ball forward. And they then, Millie and Magda, sort of complement each other in terms of one holds the ball and passes it and one just just bangs it out of, out of your half. And I think that works well. And for, like, like Jesse mentioned, Arsenal said, we are going to pass it out of the back even if we've completely forgotten how to. And they just kept repeating that. So I think... I, I don't know if um, we can get people in and completely change the system, but I think the people who come in play to their strengths. And if my strength is different from Jesse's strength, we can still complement each other by covering our weaknesses. So I think that that's what works really, really well for Chelsea's backline. And the fact that it's a new system, just a season old, it's incredible to see the the learning curve or the growth curve that's happened so far. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think um, if we were to just quickly touch on what Emma Hayes had to say about the whole thing, which I think if, you know, she said, you know, they were strong, they were tough. And Iknawa, essentially, Jess Carter was superb. Millie was superb. Our wingbacks did their job, you know, a hard job for the team. But, you know, Guru obviously popping up one of the goals. Our superiority in the second half is due to the character in the group. Yes, there is, there's quality in the dressing room, but they show so much character in this team, all the team. They keep finding another level and it's not easy to keep winning. It really isn't, but we've shown again another side to ourselves today. You know, a total team performance and a clean sheet that we're we're so proud of. And on the midfield, she had to say, I thought that's where we won the game, you know, midfield, where we played them at home. They beat us in that area, even though we drew. Um, in this game, Aaron, Sophie and G were so dominant, but that also helped with our back three being absolutely superb in their 1v1 duels. Um, you know, kind of based on this and kind of based on what Emma Hayes was saying, Jesse, I want to ask you very quickly, do you think this side is ready to go into Europe next season and keep clean sheets and, and, and kind of take on better uh, equivalent to Arsenal, maybe even better to Arsenal type opposition if we were to go in the, in the Champions League group stages and quarterfinals again? 
Honestly, no, not right now. I don't think so. I still like worry quite a lot about some of these defenders. You know, I do, I do think you saw even in that first 20 minutes, like Neve Charles, for example, like getting done quite a lot. Um, I think there are upgrades that need to be made quality wise. And I think that's fine to say. Like, I know Emma's talked a lot about you know, how we didn't bring in many transfers and it's about, like, evolving the group and that kind of stuff. But I also think it's okay to say, like, that the reality of some of these players is, like, they're probably not at, like, elite, elite level. Like, if you look at, say, our, like, defensive players, like, how many of them do you think would get into, like, a Barcelona team or even, like, a Lyon team? Like, I I wouldn't, like, be, you know, aside from, like, Millie and Magda necessarily be picking... Uh, the rest of them out and like that's okay for that's okay like to say that I think so I think there's like some recruitment that can hopefully get done but who knows in the summer I think there's probably still more for these players to go to and maybe that will happen you know they're like they are still young but I think in terms of like next if nothing changed and we went into next season like do I think we could win the Champions League with like this defensive setup I like I just I don't genuinely don't think so no Fair enough. And rather very quickly to kind of to end this part with you, where do you think is it centre back or wing back? Does Chelsea need to then strengthen in the summer more? Oh, that's an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think I'm going to say wing back just because we have we have players who who can slot into that centre back role, and it takes I think it takes more practice to fit into Chelsea centre back than into their wing back, and um, we've got we've got. Millie Magda, who are so um, crucial to the international teams as well, even unique for that matter, that they're overworked all the time. So you get someone in, get them under their wing. I think they did that with Anik, and now Anik sort of stepped up a little bit. And um, look, honestly, strengthening your squad in any department is always great. You know, we had we had lots of strikers, and then we got Sam Kerr, and then she did wonders for us. So I think it. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd say centre-back, but I think um, a versatile player is, is always good to have. Fair enough. Um, standout performance, Jesse, in one word, uh, one, one name, who is your standout performer of the, of the day? Guru for me. I've explained it all in the Guru <laughs> section. Go Guru. I'm joining Radha and getting that tattoo. Go for we'll it. We'll go together. <laughs> I'll come to India. We'll, we'll go together. <laughs> Radha, who's yours? It's, I mean, it's hard to pick anyone else except her. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Anne Kattenberger had a, you know, a great time doing the wordle in goal or whatever she was up to. <laughs> she, she got a good 90 minutes of rest. But, but look, it's it, it got to be good, I think, you know, on, on the ball, off the ball. Just her presence was felt. And I think second standout performer would be the Chelsea Women's support, Supporter Group that we could hear really, really loud on the FA player. Um, it almost felt like King's Meadow and it was super awesome. So I think, yeah, big shout out to them as well. Amazing. And um, you're right. It's no, no other, no other player that I can, that I can pick. So it is, it is what it is. Um, very quickly, you know, congratulations to our under 18s on winning the Southern division. They'll now be playing uh, in a playoff against Manchester United to decide the Academy Championship home leg on the 20th of April and the away leg on the 27th. Um, and just kind of quickly, the schedule coming up. Obviously, we have the doubleheader against Spurs on the 24th and 28th. Then we have the game against Birmingham on the 1st. And then the final game of the season, the league season, 
against Manchester United on the 8th of May. Let's see what happens. Four games, potentially Chelsea could be winning the title. Um, so earlier, if Arsenal does, does lose a game, so let's, let's see what happens. It's, it's, it's in reach. It's almost there. And then we end with an extra game of the season, the FA Cup final on the 15th of May, which, you know, everyone's excited for it. It's a nice week before they can do that. So, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, ex- I'm excited for that. Having said that, um, we come to an end of another episode. Rather, it was so good to have you on. You're really, really uh, great insight and we appreciate you coming on and joining us. Thank you so much. And I just wanted to mention that I don't know if, if England does this intentionally that they line up the crucial part of their season with Indian exams, but I'm going to have double the amount of stress going into the next two weeks because I've got lots of submissions and lots of exams, but I can't miss a single match. But yeah, thank you for having me on. This has been great. Good luck with the exams and uh, hopefully have you on soon. Um, having said that, Chelsea fans, keep the blue, ba- blue flags flying high and we'll see you soon. Bye.